napakagandang kanta. Salamat po. You know, we praise and thank God for blessing our church with not only with the those messages from the song but with those beautiful voices. Right? Like Brother Glenn, if uh, Sister Cora will sing, right? It's not, <laughs> it's not about the voice, it's about the message. But it's good to have a beautiful voice. Kumusta na po? Kumusta na? Meron pa tayong hangover last Sunday. Napakaganda nung preaching ni Pastor AJ. Sabi ko nga, Pwede na, sanang i-rewind na lang yung preaching na yun ngayong gabi. <laughs> but anyway, it's always a blessed opportunity, you know, to preach the Word of God, of course. And uh, that's a blessing for uh, Pastor Max and then Pastor Sam giving the deacons the opportunity to preach. And I really appreciate it because when God is using us outside of the church, we can, use the, we can actually use the training. And developing, you know, our the boldness of doing it in front of strangers as well. So tonight, I hope you have the perseverance because uh, I prepared a long preaching <laughs> to, you know, to prove the title of my message. The title of message is what? Don't take the love of God. For granted. You know, if we want to prove that tonight, let's persevere for the message tonight, right? Okay, Romans chapter 5 verse 8, that's our text. And we can, uh, you know, we don't have to even look at our Bible because we memorize this verse. And I'm praying tonight that it will challenge us and give us a different, you know, uh, perspective uh, about this verse. Because we always, you know, recite it. And at times, it's just so familiar that we know, we really know the deep meaning of it. But if we study this and go deeper, it will give us some more insights about the love of God. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible states, But God commendeth, right? That's the word, commendeth. And uh, there are other words to define that. Pastors, I'm always say demonstrates. And also, I would like the, uh, I, I like the word proof. But God proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, take note, Christ died for us. Heavenly Father, thank you once again for allowing us to gather. This is our prayer meeting. And we are here because we believe in the power of prayer. Thank you, Lord God, that as a congregation, we are allowed and we are given this blessed opportunity to pray for our concerns, for our needs, and most especially to pray for our ministries. Lord, forgive us from all our sins, Lord God, as we prepare our heart for the message tonight. For in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You know, at times we can confuse the meaning of love because of how we use it in our vernacular, like in maybe in Tagalog or in, in the language, in English language, right? But there's a big difference when you talk about the love of God. Because in the Bible, it says God is 
love. You know, when we say, I love my car, or I love my money, you know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm reminded of that uh, lady who went to the bank. It was her first time to uh, cash her check. And then when the teller asked her, how do you like your money? And she said, oh, I love it very much. <laughs> you know what? He, she, the teller was just asking how he would, she would like it, 20s or 10s, something like that. But that's, at times we confuse the love that we think, you know? When we say, I love my family, I love my dog, or I love my cat, that's not the same when the Bible says, God is love. So one way of seeing the difference tonight is to focus on Romans chapter 5, verse 8. You know what I saw in our text is that we will never really understand the meaning of God's love if we don't see and understand the magnitude of what sin really is. You know, in our time right now, sin is not taken seriously. It is just categorized or categorized or categorized as, uh, you know, a lifestyle or a choice. Right now in our time, during our time, it, sin is being paraded. People are proud of it. They even like the proponents of this type of sin are, they call, we call them cavaliers. They really fight for it. It is not taken seriously anymore. It is just, you know, something that people are not guilty about it anymore. The very idea of guilt from sin is considered obsolete and not healthy for the brain. But how about if we think for a moment... And look at sin like a, you know, a man's dead corpse. With worms coming out of the nose and of the mouth. How about if we think of sin like a bloody menstrual pad? How about if we think it as a, like it smells like our poop, you know? You know, I had this colo guard. You know this colo guard? Instead of you, you know, going to the hospital, they put you to sleep and stick that thing in your butt. <laughs> but now they can get it from your poop. And I did it yesterday. And I was like, I can't even eat my, my lunch because of it. Because I was playing with it, <laughs> literally. And I was thinking, see, that's sin, right? Ew! It smells like a dead rat. You know, sorry if I ruined your dinner for tonight. But yes, kidding aside, sin is gross. To describe sin that way, I'm sorry, but that is the reality of sin. Despicable and disgusting against a holy God. You know, someone said, sin is the most empirical fact about men, even if it is the most intellectually rejected. This is very true in our younger generation now. 
You know, no matter how hard we ignore or cover our sins, deep inside we know there is something wrong. In 1 John 1.8, the Bible states, if we say that we have no sin, what happens? We deceive ourselves and take note the truth is not in us. And it's even worse because in 1 John chapter 1, verse 10, the Bible states, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him who? God, a liar. And his word is not in us. You know, if we let the Bible speak about the consequences of sin, then my graphic description a while ago of sin is nothing. Because take, for example, the story of Lazarus in the rich man, right? We're so familiar with that verse. And would like to quote 22 to 25. Just to remind us that when I was talking about those bloody thing and smell, smelly thing, this is nothing. Those are nothing compared to what happened to the rich man. And it came to pass in verse 22 that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in what? Hell. He lift up his eyes being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus and cool my tongue. For I am what? Tormented in this flame. Contrary to what people who are joking about hell is saying. Because in hell they said they can drink beer. They can be with their friends and enjoy like what they've been doing here. But it says, it, it's, it says here, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham gave him a good comparison. Son. Remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus' evil things. But now, take note the difference. Big reversal of fortune. He said, Lazarus is comforted. And the rich man is tormented. But now he is comforted. And thou art tormented. So Jesus said also in Mark 9, 43 to 44, to back up this one. And if thy hand offend thee, you see how grievous it is? Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands, two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched so how is it that people are not serious about sin let's listen to how jesus described the consequence of sin i like it because jesus is so straight about this walang paligoy ligoy in john 8:24 jesus said i said therefore unto you that ye shall what die in your sins. For if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. So it is obviously evident that sin is not something we are to be proud about. 
as a believer, and I'm preaching to myself, when we share our testimony and testify of our sinful past, we should do it with a contrite heart, not with a boastful or ego trip attitude. Because sin is not to be celebrated, but to be repented for. So what do you think is the reason Jesus said while hanging on the cross, my God, my God, hast, why hast thou forsaken me? It is because in that point of time, Jesus Christ is bearing our gruesome, distasteful, sickening sins. Our hatred, bitterness, and lukewarm attitude toward the things of God. In that point of time, he is bearing the sin of abortion, drug addiction, divorce, homosexuality, pornography, fornication, and terrorism. God must punish sin and so forsook Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, our Bible states, For he hath made him to be sin for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Praise the Lord for that. That is the type of love God gave to us and we must not take it for granted. In John 4 verses 9 to 10. In this was manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent not or sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Take note, herein is love. Not that we love God, underscore that, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That's why we always say we, we love because God first loved us. Now let me go to my practical applications here. I have three and then we're done. Number one, we must take the love of God. We must not, I should emphasize that, we must not take the love of God for granted so we can overcome lukewarmness in our service for the Lord. You know, the Lord message to the Laodicean church, right? We're so familiar with that. Romans 3.16 Jesus said, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. Revelation 3.16. Revelation 3.16. What did I say? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Revelation 3.16. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You know, Jesus said here, I know all the things you do. You are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. That's, you know, that's hard to listen to. It's hard to listen to that. We are not going to argue if the word lukewarm here is pertaining to a believer or an unbeliever. Because I just want to emphasize that, yes, we could be discouraged while serving the Lord. As the saying goes, life is like a wheel. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. 
You know, it could be done in our Christian life as well. It could be that way. But our goal, take note, is always to be on top. We could be under severe trial and suffering, but by the grace of God, we can still be on top of the wheel. You can think of the testimony of the Apostle Paul, right? In 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Three different times the Apostle Paul begged. He begged the Lord to take away his thorn in the flesh. So familiar with this story. But each time the Lord said to him, my grace is all you need, Paul. My power works best in your weakness. That's what he said. Have you noticed that we are more sincere and closer to God when we are in trouble than when everything is fine? When we are in trouble, our, our prayer is long. It is so sincere and we really feel it. We can even hear our heartbeat. Our mind is so focused on what we are begging the Lord to rescue us from or to help us from help us with but when everything is fine our prayer is very short <laughs> our mind is so occupied with the blessing we receive rather than the blesser you know when you buy a new car oh I thank you Lord for the new car but at night you have to pick to your garage if your new car is still there you're so anxious about it someone might steal it you know Paul said from the previous verses, even though I have received wonderful and marvelous revelations from God, right? To keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh. Now take note. Paul instead, Paul, instead of being down the wheel, he was still on top. Because in verse 10 he said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, for when I'm down under the wheel, then I'm on top because I'm strong. You know, if we're taking the love of God for granted this time, for those who are listening also in our virtual platform, get back on top of the wheel. Stop being lukewarm. Being hot. Be hot again for the Lord's work. It's sad, but many are falling into the trap of a used-to-be Christian. You know, when we define a used-to-be believer, they're obviously taking the love of God for granted because their service and commitment are just a thing in the past. The message tonight is come back and get used to or be used to again in the ministry. Not used to be, but get used to again. Don't waste your time counting and nursing the reasons why you are a used to be Christian. God is waiting exactly where you left him. You know what the songs says a while ago, call out his name and he'll come running to you. 
Call out his name and he'll be there to you. You know, the preacher said last Sunday, missionary A.J. Ancheta. I it's hard to forget him because he preached so loud, you know. But his message was so beautiful, wonderful. It's encouraging. It's challenging at times. He said that we should not be a half-Sunday Christian. Remember that? So I interpreted what comes to my mind is that he's actually saying Sunday is not a laundry day because it's the Lord's day. <laughs> we should not be a no-show during Wednesday night prayer meeting because Wednesday night is allotted for Bergen Bible Baptist Church to pray as a congregation. And don't miss to attend your Friday Bible study. I would emphasize this now physically. <laughs> because it's one way of edifying the believers. It's hard to edify believers if you are in the internet. You have to be present physically. It's one way of expanding the kingdom of God here in Bergen Bible Baptist Church. Well, I added something there, but the message is clear. Don't take the love of the Lord for granted. Of course, there is a disclaimer, right? An exception. Quote, unquote, providentially hindered. But make sure you have the right biblical definition of providentially hindered. Because what it really means is that it is God's sovereignty that is preventing you. It is not your own decision making. You know, it is understandable for a one-year-old Christian to not live totally transformed in his life or her life. As it would be unreasonable to expect a newborn baby to run a marathon. But it is hard to understand for a 10 to 30 years old believer who is not transformed for the things of God. Peter said this to the new believers, familiar with this verse, right? 1 Peter 2.2, 2. as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. I like to quote A.W. Tozer who said, success in the Christian life is not automatic. The soul must be cultivated like a garden and the will must be sanctified and become Christian through and through. Heavenly treasures must be sought and we must seek those things. That's why it's good to always be reminded. Let's remind each other that we have a whole day Sunday service. We have nursing ministry. We have FBI. We have Wednesday prayer meeting. We have Friday Bible uh, study. And thank God, this is an extension of Bergen Bible Baptist Church. We have a Gawis Gawis group in Long Island, in New York. And that's the blessing that God has given to the Joyful Noise group, especially our coordinators, Brother Lino and Sister Naomi. So how about the old-time believers? Where can... We find a verse that is 
applicable to the old time believers. You know, 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is on point. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, if you are 30, 40, 50 years old Christian, the Lord will not forget what you have done. You know, Paul said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. You know, we should make this verse as our favorite verse. Because, you know, for Paul, living consists in preaching Jesus' gospel and serving him the rest of his life. Apart from this, his, his life, Paul's life, has neither meaning nor purpose. And when death comes his way while serving the Lord, he said, it is gain because death in Christ is a graduation to something better. It is a promotion and perfect fellowship with the eternal presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he wrote in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who, gave, who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me go to the next one. We must not take the love of God for granted so we can overcome the fear of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must not ignore the opportunities God is allowing us to do for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I firmly believe that if we ask the Lord to give us the opportunity to share his gospel, he will surely give that chance to us. When I was preparing my lessons for our Bible study and the upcoming fellowship for our group in Long Island last Friday, a mother and her daughter from the J JW, you know, rang our doorbell. And Rochelle is a witness of this. <laughs> Where are you going, Rochelle? <laughs> I thank the Holy Spirit who guided me to share Jesus Christ to them. By the way, the first point of the lesson I was preparing was salvation. I said, perfect timing because it was the one I used to share Jesus Christ to them. I thank God because it did not go to a debate. As they were listening to the verses as I was sharing uh, to them. And it's about Jesus in his gospel. I told them, your message is about the kingdom. But you know what my message is? how to enter that kingdom. And I told them, John 3, 3. Because I told them, what is the benefit of knocking on doors if you don't know the biblical way of how to enter into that kingdom that you are preaching? Jesus Christ said, you're right, John 3, 3, John 3, 3, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. And pinabaonan ko pa, by the grace of God sila, like John 14, 6, please memorize this verse, I told them. The Lord Jesus Christ said, of course, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. 
you know, it was a mind-boggling experience that at that moment, God sent a special delivery for me to share His gospel. Let's listen to psalmist, to the psalmist in Psalm 40, verses 9 to 10. This is what the Bible states. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord. Thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. In other words, when God gave us, gave us the opportunity, let's always grab it. In Mark chapter 8, verse 38, Jesus Christ had, he said himself, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And of course, Paul said in Romans 1.16, right? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, I just praise and thank God that he allowed us, as I've said, to have a gawis gawis group where the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ is always preached, always preached every time we meet. And if there's no Bergen Bible Baptist Church, there's no such thing, such group as Gawis Gawis. And I just praise and thank God that it came out from the Joyful Noise group as well. Last but not the least, and I would like us to please continue to pray for that group to grow. We must not take the love of God for granted. So we will not pick and choose what ministry to participate in. Very practical, but it's hard. We will not choose and pick what ministry is convenient and comfortable and dis disregard those ministries that are inconvenient. I humbly accept that the ministry that I'm not really comfortable with is handing gospels, gospel tracts to strangers. But I have to do it anyway by the grace of God. I thank God for Brother Rene. He was my partner the last time we handed gospel tracts as a church. It gave me comfort and boldness when I saw the way Brother Rene distributed those gospel tracts. You know, Brother Rene is just silent, right? Just sitting in the corner. But you know what? When you go with him distributing gospel tracts, oh boy, you will be proud of him. You will be blessed. He just go. No fear. Any, anybody, as long as we meet someone, just give the gospel track. And I, of course, I also salute my wife because every time we go to places, <laughs> she, will, <laughs> she always have the gospel track. Bus driver, kulang na lang yung piloto ng airplane. She cannot go inside of the, you know, the, <laughs> the pilot's area. But I realize a lot, my wife, for that. You know, if we really understand what God sacrificed for us, our commitment to follow him is not pick and choose. We grab every opportunity that God allows, no matter what the cost, for his glory. 
God has given Bergen Bible Baptist Church many ministries that we can get involved with. We actually have no excuse for not being able to serve the Lord. You see, Satan's potent weapons are fear and laziness. To defeat that is to remind ourselves with Colossians 3, verses 1 to 4. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear, take note, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So, in other words, why focus on your life here on earth when there is a glorified body that is awaiting for us. We have this culture, right, as a Filipino, utang na loob, meaning to say if someone will do you good, you, you have to do the same back, right? There's a string attached. You know, at times we are, we have this guilty feeling if we cannot repay what the good did or deeds that someone did to us. You know, if we feel that way to a human being like us, how much more to the one who died for us so that we will not go to that everlasting torment? You know, when the Lord asks us to follow his commands, it is not for his own good. It is for our benefit. Just think of the Ten Commandments, right? Are they for the benefit of the Lord or for us? So if we want to apply otang na for the Lord, then take note of Colossians 3, 1 to 4. What is that ver those verses telling us? We must not only learn his doctrine, but apply it in our duty. You know, John 13, verse 17, Jesus said, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. We must not stop with our spiritual position. Let's prove it with our practice. We must not stop with our talk, but prove it with our walk. James 1.22 states, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own souls. Let me conclude. I believe you came tonight because you don't want to take the love of God for granted. But if you are listening tonight and you do not know where to put yourself in this message, I would like to say this. Seek Jesus Christ and know him. Start with the book of John and let us know what you will discover. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for reminding us about the unconditional love of God. And our desire, Lord God, is to show you how we also love you. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.